Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 117 of Screwball, and we have reached the all-star break, the, I guess what you could call that midway point for the season, even though, you know, we already crossed that technically by game count. But this is traditionally where we kind of take a look at, you know, this year's all-stars, league leaders, home run derby participants, and kind of where all the teams are, um, and then look forward to, obviously, the trade deadline, kind of like we talked about last week. Uh, but this week, since we all we did reach the All Star break, and tonight we are going to of recording this, we're going to watch the home run derby, and then tomorrow the All Star game. So, the, but by the time this goes live, we'll already have the results in. But we figured do a predictions episode uh, specifically for the home run derby, more so than the All Star game. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I figure we have a few pieces of news here that Frank has, and get into those. There were some, uh, you know, some bigger pieces of news, especially with the. Uh, managerial change to one of the teams. Um, so I'll let Frank handle the news this week uh, as he brought a few things where I just brought, I really just have the predictions this week. So, so yeah, I don't know. You know, there were, there were, like I said, there were a few things um, that were worth noting. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I got was uh, the MLB uh, amateur draft was um, started yesterday and we seen uh, Jackson holiday, Malady's son. He was the first overall pick out of high school to the Orioles. Uh, we seen Drew Jones, Andrew Jones' son, pick to the Dimebacks, the second pick out of high school. And then we seen Kumar Rocker, who famously didn't sign with the Mets last year, to medicals. He got picked to the third pick, to the, to the Rangers, to team up with his, his former teammate, Jack Leiter. Um, and a little bit of a surprising pick there. Those were your top three picks. Obviously, there was multiple rounds yesterday, but um, <clears throat> just wanted to go through the first couple picks because they were... Some big names, some former players, and then Rocker was obviously in headlines for quite some time now. We had Charlie Montoya fired by the Blue Jays, um, and I think a move that needed to be made. I, n- I never thought Montoya really fit. You know, again, these teams kind of get built up. When they get built up, the guy who got them built up, manager-wise, kind of gets kicked to the curb when they bring in some new superstar. So that's kind of how that goes. Um, we've seen it with the Cubs, the White Sox, even the Astros. We're seeing now with the blue the Blue Jays. I even think I wouldn't be surprised to see them go to like Joe Madden or something next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charlie Montoya fired. Um, we do have the All Star <clears throat> break, and we're at the home run derby tonight. The All Star game tomorrow. With that being said, there's eighty more than eighty All Stars with the people who got elected. Can't go for injuries, turned down for other reasons, whatever. Uh, but we got eighty plus All Stars uh, selected to the game. Which, you know, helps get some of these snubs in there, but you still miss, you know, like Dylan Cease somehow and Edmund, guys like that. But, you know, so that's something to note. I mean, it's it's good and bad. You're just kind of giving away all-star game appearances, but also you're getting guys in there who deserve it if the other guys are hurt. So it makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, we had the Futures game over the, over the weekend. Uh, I believe Shane Langliers from the A's won the MVP. We've seen Jason Dominguez hit a home run. Uh, Mason Wynn from the Cardinals threw a ball 100.5 from shortstop to first base. He said the day before that he was going to let it rip if he got a ball to pass O'Neill Cruz. (laughs) Um, So we've seen that. And then again, tonight's the Home Run Derby, which, you know, we're going to do our predictions for. 
Um, and it's one of the most exciting things in any of the home run or any of the all-star uh, festivities in any of the sports. Yeah, for sure. I, I, the home run derby is uh, one of my favorite things of the year. Uh, you know, it's up there with the trade deadline and playoffs and stuff like that. So I look forward to it every year. But we do have a, uh, a bracket here that we're going to do some predictions on. But obviously, as you know, past years, they didn't really make any changes this year. So we have eight players where it's kind of, you know, varying degrees of age and ability and all kinds of stuff. So it's actually really, I, I'd say it's one of the more competitive years we've seen. I think there's, uh, you could be, make a case for pretty much everyone here. But to just get into it, in the first round, we have Kyle Schwarber against Albert Pulhos. Obviously, Schwarber being the favorite here, Pulhos being on his, you know, it's his last year. He's got a little bit of a surprise entrant to begin with. Um, I have Kyle Schwarber beating Albert Pulhos. I think that Schwarber is a candidate to really win the whole thing, and I think that if he comes out kind of how everyone's expecting him to come out, I, I, I don't see Pulhos keeping up with him. Not that Pulhos is, is – I don't think Pulhos is going to lay down and die like some people think. I think he's actually going to put on a show. But I just it's going to be hard if Schwarber hits kind of how he can. I think that Schwarber can take him pretty easily. Uh, so I have Schwarber winning the first round. The next, uh, the next in the bracket, I have Juan Soto and Jose Ramirez. Another good round, you know, that I, that I think could go either way. But I do like Juan Soto. I picked Juan Soto last year to win it all, and I had him beating Otani last year, uh, you know, against the odds of everyone loving Otani. I think Juan Soto does it again. I think he co- does come through and win in the first round, and I think he's a, a dark horse to win the thing. Uh, and then I have uh, Julio Rodriguez and Corey Seager. I have Julio Rodriguez beating Corey Seager, another dark horse candidate, Julio Rodriguez, to watch out for. I just don't think Corey Seager is is quite as built for the home run derby. I don't know if that makes much sense. He just has a little bit more of a of a balanced swing. It's not more of like a a pure, like raw swing, as you'll see with the next two guys we're gonna talk about. I think Julio Rodriguez is built a little bit more for that. So I have Julio Rodriguez beating Corey Seager. And then the last round, which I think is the best round, is Alonzo versus Acuna. I know Acuna has like the second I think he has the second least going in. I think Pulos has the least and then him coming into the um to the derby. And Alonzo obviously being the favorite, he's a he could three peat with this win. But I think Acuna has the most raw power out of any of these guys. Um I think that Juan Soto is close there. Schwarber and Julio Rodriguez are close. But I think, obviously, Alonzo. But I think Acuna's got the most raw power. And I think Acuna could really, I think he could hit, you know, the furthest home run and win it. So I have Alonzo, you know, ultimately beating Acuna. But I think Acuna, if he beats Alonzo, could go right to the championship. I think he's just that good. Uh, So in round two, I have Schwarber against Juan Soto. I do have Schwarber beating Juan Soto. I think he still puts on a bit of a show, even though Juan Soto, I think, is you know the better, obviously, pure hitter than Schwarber. Um, but Schwarber is built for the home run derby, so I see him just edging out Juan Soto. Plus Juan Soto, you saw petered out in his first home run derby, you know, last year. So I don't know if that happens again or if that you know if he can put it together. But I have Juan Soto losing to Kyle Schwarber, and then I have Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I have Pete Alonso beating Julio Rodriguez. I just think with experience and and, uh, you know, Alonso really loves this and, ha- and has proven that he has the raw power to do this. Uh, I think he just beats Julio Rodriguez. And I think that actually might be a little bit closer matchup than people think because I know Alonso tends to be the favorite in, in a lot of people's eyes. But Julio Rodriguez, I think, really, really, he really could put on a show and, and could even sneak out a win um, given the right circumstances. So in the final round, I have Pete Alonso and Kyle Schwarber, just the, uh, exactly what you'd want out of a home run derby is the two biggest <laughs> stank guys hitting – I do have Pete Alonso three-peating. I do have him beating Kyle Schwarber. I just think Alonso really lives for the home run derby and has a lot of uh, really good power. I don't think it's that hard of a park to hit out of, you know, L.A. Um, 
not that it's hitter friendly or pitcher friendly. It's it's not like you're trying to hit in, uh, you know, in Oakland or something like that. Or uh, San Francisco, really. So I don't think either either side gets a you know a lefty in Schwarber, a righty in Alonzo. I don't think either side gets an advantage. I think Alonzo just benefits more from doing this and having one and and being really good at it. He's proven he's good at it. So I have Alonzo winning uh, against Schwarber. And um, I have a few rounds here that I'm not going to get into because I didn't do actual proper predictions. But I do think that there's going to be some really close rounds here, specifically that first round with Alonzo and Acuna. I think that's your closest round, in my opinion. It could go into a swing-off, multiple swing-offs. Um, but that's what I have written in the Home Run Derby. I have Pete Alonzo three-peating, uh, winning three Home Run Derbies. I think that is – I think that might be – Is he the only, would he be the only one to three-peat, right? Yeah. Yeah, so – so that's what I have winning. I don't know. Uh, you can go through your bracket, obviously. Uh, I know you have a little bit different outcome than me on some of these rounds, specifically two, the whole, whole one side of the bracket. I think you have completely different. So, yeah. um, so it's it's kind of cool. We have we're seeing it two different ways. So yeah, I think that the home run derby contestants is is a great you know bunch of guys this year. Just these never play out how they're supposed to. Otani was a dud last year. Um, I thought Olsen was going to do better. He you know, did better towards the end of his round, but got beat. For the most time, there's always underdogs, and <clears throat> we always discredit guys, and then end up winning. You know, Hamilton went nuts, and Morneau ended up winning, and Bobby Barreo somehow was great. So these are always, you know, some, you know, a lot of times it's a crapshoot. So I went with some upsets. Um, the first round, Sorber versus Pujols. I took Pujols. I don't, I just feel like Sorber is built for this, but I feel like he's going to be one of those guys where he gets... You know, too easy going in the beginning, just trying to get a swing and go in. All of a sudden, he realizes it's getting late. They start whipping the pitches in there, right? And the rules kind of get out the window. Um, and, you know, he, he's a big high fly guy, too. So you have to wait a certain amount of time for the ball to get across the fence or land and things like that. Sometimes, you know, some, who knows what the rules, they always kind of change it. But I just feel like he's going to get caught in, in that mm-hmm. and he's going to, he's just going to lose. We've seen it with Otani last year. And then you're like, oh, that guy that was built for it, you feel like. And then he, he falls apart. And then Pujols sneaks in there. He got all the momentum coming in. He did play the Dodgers last year. But he has all the momentum coming in uh, from being, you know, his last year stuff. Maybe he has, like, that first year or that first round, I should say. comes in and sneaks it in there and then kind of fades away. So, I got Pujols and the underdog pick there. Um, next round, Soto versus Jose Ramirez. I have Jose Ramirez. I don't know why people are discrediting him so much. I think he was, like, plus 2,000 to win. I think Pujols was, like, plus 2,500. So, yeah. he's, like, I don't know why. That guy's got a smooth swing. He's always intense. I feel like he's not gonna laugh or nothing tonight. He's just gonna come in, and smash home runs, just strut around and do his thing. You know, <laughs> you know his strut there. Um, and Jose Ramirez is just gonna win that first round. You know, we have Julio Rodriguez versus Corey Seager. I think Julio Rodriguez wins that. He's got some raw, you know, raw power. Um, Corey Seager is coming back to the LA though, so maybe he has some momentum and some uh, unfinished business, I guess, in this little aspect here. But I yeah. think Julio Rodriguez is just gonna have that brute strength. Especially another thing with LA when. It gets darker. It gets the nighttime. The ball doesn't travel as good in L.A. Right. So it's going to start coming to the guys who have the power. Hmm. So we'll, that's something to take an, you know keep an eye on. But I think Julio Rodriguez beats Corey Seager there. Um, the last round, Alonso versus Acuna should be a good round. Acuna has been struggling pretty pretty heavily of late, dealing with some injuries and stuff. Um, so we'll see if he can has a seminar on the energy and you know his swing is there to do this. Right. But I think Alonso wins that first round for sure. Um, you know, I just think he that's what he does. At least, you know, he's not going to be a guy that gets put out early in these when he does them. That's for sure. We right. haven't seen him lose yet, but I don't think he'll get put out early. But that should be a good round. Um, the second round, Pujols versus Jose Ramirez. I have Jose Ramirez winning that. 
you know, I think, you know, I just think Jose Ramirez, again, he's just, uh, at that point, Pujols starts, you know, slowing down, the break and stuff like that. I just think Jose Ramirez has a, a, a sweet swing. You know, he's just intense. He's going to, I don't know, he's just going to surprise people. Again, the home run derby is always upsets and stuff. So I just wanted to throw him in there, let him strut around, do his thing. A little guy, you know, got the big contract, has been going nuts this year. Yeah. You know, just do something, and he just, you know, puts on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. And then Alonzo versus Julio Rodriguez should be another really good round. I think Alonzo wins. Again, he just kind of shows his, his strength. Julio Rodriguez is a young guy. You know, I don't, you don't know what to expect. So I think Alonzo just takes care of business there. And then the final round, Alonzo versus Jose Ramirez. I think Jose Ramirez wins. I think Jose Ramirez wins the whole thing, plus 2,000 or whatever odds he is to win. And, um, yeah, he just struts around. I don't know. There's something about that strut. That little guy <laughs> strut. You know, he's going nuts. He's, he's intense. He's got the big lip in. You know, he's going nuts. Yep. And we're also smiling and having fun. And he's just going to be mashing balls. And he's just like, what's up? He's just gonna he's just gonna do his thing. Literally. And he's just gonna be upsets. Always upsets, right? It's always mostly upsets, and sometimes at the end, you know, Lonzo wins, or you get the guy who's supposed to win. Sometimes Vlad, you know, he's probably gonna win, but it's always upsets throughout the whole thing. Mm. And I think that why not Jose Ramirez? Because that's the guy who just always throws throws a ruckus and everything, right? We've seen it in MVP voting. We've seen him in. And playoff game, we see him everything. Everything he does, it's like this guy you get to. And then he hits the home run. He, you know, he's stealing bases. He's strutting around. You know, he just seems to be the guy who just causes a ruckus and everything. Yeah. So why not? Why not one more time? Right. Why not him? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's what I got. Bigger upset. I think longest home run you're gonna see around 500. I got about five. I have 502 feet exact to be the think the longest home run for the night. And I think you will see a few balls hit out of Dodger Stadium, which I think has only been. Uh, I think only done four times. It's a it's a low number. Only done five times by four people. I think Mike Piazza did it, Stanton did it, and I believe did McGuire do it. I think McGuire did it, and yeah. I think Stargell did it twice. That sounds about right for him. <laughs> I think Stargell did it twice, or Stargell and Eddie Murray, something like that. I think it's only been done five times by four people in all the years, or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, uh, it's a low number. I know that. Yeah, so I think you might see a few balls hit out of Dodger Stadium. Um, and your best shot would be earlier in the, in the home run derby as well before it really gets to nighttime. The ball starts carrying, stops carrying in L.A. Um, usually. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it should be a good home run derby. should be exciting. Um, we have a great round of guys, and I think there's going to be some upsets and some cool storylines here that we're going to carry on to the All-Star game in the second half of the season. Yeah. You know, I, I really would like to see Pulhouse put on a show. I think he will. I just hope I'm not wrong and he, and he lays an egg. But uh, I just think that... You know how competitive the guy is. Um, I think he's going to do it. So uh, we shall see. But that's our prediction. So I have Pete Alonso. Frank has Jose Ramirez, and I think that we both kind of agree. Some dark horses: Julio Rodriguez. I think is it would be a dark horse pick at least for me. Um, you know, there's, there's. I, th- I think that everyone has a good shot. Um, I think you, you, you know, some guys just seen the ball. I mean, look, Robinson Cano won one year and then didn't hit a home run the next yeah. year. I mean, there's guys that just all of a sudden turn it on for one home run derby and. Um, it could be someone like Julio Rodriguez. It could be Corey Seager. You know, it could be someone we're not really thinking of. So Jose Ramirez, um, Jose Ramirez, definitely Sh- someone. A lot, of, the whole field. a lot of people are not thinking about him. Um, so we'll see what he does. We'll see what all of them do. It's going to be exciting. But by the time this goes live, you would have already found out. Yep. I and I got the predictions. There's a predictions thing at lb.com. I put mine in. Yep. Hopefully, I win whatever the prize is: thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, million dollars, a car, something. Right? Yeah, take anything. Yeah, slap Mike around with it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the plan. Sure. Um, 
then just uh, one more thing before we do the wrap-up, the who's doing the best right now. We do have the All-Star Game predictions. I don't really go too heavy to the All-Star Game predictions because it is really just such a, uh, you know, anything could happen any year. And, the you know, they change the players out every inning. For pitching, it's every inning or two. And players, it's every three innings or so. They seem to change people out. So, so you know, I don't really do the – I don't predict too much with the All-Star Game, but I do have the AL winning 5-3. to three and Aaron Judge being the MVP. I just think Aaron Judge this year, the door's open for him. He's having an MVP-type season in the regular season. What more could you add to your shelf being a Yankee? Obviously a World Series ring, but, you know, an All-Star Game MVP, I think would fit really well if he, again, if he has that year like he's having and continues to win the MVP. It's kind of like a storybook year for Aaron Judge, and I think it could be completed with with this game. Yeah. I'm just going to go with my same one I had when we did our prediction way back in February. And I had AL score 9 and the NL score 5, so AL wins 9-5. And I had Judge MVP, and this was back in February when we first did our predictions. I had this, knowing he was coming into a contract year. And all-star game, sometimes it'll take, you know, you get that one swing, hit the home run, and that's this your MVP. Yep. You know, so, yeah, that was my prediction. And again, that comes all the way back from months and months ago, before the season started. And uh, to go along with that real quick, too, I just want to mention, me. I mean, Mike talked about it for a while now. Uh, our, whoever, you know, our listeners here, I'd love for you to go back episodes and episodes and episodes and episodes. And please go back and, and get the episode of when me and Mike said Matt Carpenter should go to the Yankees. Oh. And Matt Carpenter would play well with the Yankees. It would be a great team to kind of retool a swing, a uh, better stadium. And I, we've actually been saying this since the start of this, this podcast is when he started struggling. And I said it would be a great guy for the Yankees to trade for or, or make a project guy because he can play first, he can play third, he can play second a little bit at the time, even play outfield. And um, But that's worked out. Oh my God. You can go listen to it. There's, we have we have to go find them, but we have them. I know, I know, because I've been saying it for a while. I'm like That's a guy the Yankees can just retool up and try fixing and, and just tweak it a little bit, get him at the bottom of the lineup. Get him in a little bit smaller stadium, new city, everything. Just kind of let him re- restart and um, see if it works out. And it's worked. I mean, that wasn't the Yankees weren't the reason why it's working. His offseason uh, work he put in, Votto, mm-hmm. Matt Holiday was a big piece. Of course, Matt Holiday. I think I think Matt Holiday got Judge on the right track yeah. years ago. His old pitching coaches and old hitting coaches. He just whatever it's doing. It's, it's a great story. Yep. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. We're talking about predictions and my all-star one from February. I just want to say, go back and listen. We've been talking about Gallo going to the Yankees years ago too, but Matt Carpenter, I know we talked about a lot. Yep. And to see him do this good, we had LeMahieu once mm-hmm. in the past, but, you know, saying you know, LeMahieu should get signed and uh, Tywan Walker would have good years and Rodon would be great picks and uh, <laughs> we've had some good predictions here of late. So, but some of these are actually, you know, we have our podcast now, so you can go back and listen to them. Like, see, we told you guys, we yeah. told somebody, at least somebody was listening. And, yeah, right. And it's, uh, it works out. So it doesn't, uh, just wanted to put that in there that some of these predictions and we, uh, you know, we get them right at times because we do pay attention to what goes on. So we're not just, you know, willy nilly throwing them yeah. out there all the time. Sometimes you have to, but, um, we do put some work in and, yeah. uh, get some of the answers are right and at least pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the Matt Carpenter was a good one that not a lot of people saw coming, but, you know, you throw a guy like that, retool his swing just a little bit because he was a good hitter. He, that guy's a good hitter. He was a pure hitter. Um, Wilder, yeah. So you just – and you, you throw him at Yankee Stadium, a little more hitter-friendly. Maybe a ball or two squeaks out of there. gives him a little loose. bit, you know. Yeah. Go in there, give your hell. You're not the middle of the lineup guy. You're just a fill-in guy. You come in here, you go, oh, for your next 20, guess what? You know, hey, thanks for showing up. Mm-hmm. 
nothing to lose. And you mostly DH. Last Don't chance. worry about fielding. Right. Yeah. Just give it your hell. You know, you're not in the middle of the order. And if you go you go nuts, you'll stay around for a while. If you don't, hey, you kind of had that kind of written on the wall already that you were kind of done. Yeah, so you gave so, it a shot with a, with a team you, it sounded like you wanted to be on. And you had 1,000 OPS, I think, on the dot in the minors <laughs> start this year. Yeah, I so. I when he got released by the Rangers for his request as a veteran. I said, well, that's a guy someone should really pick up, 1,000 OPS and over a month's worth of games for a guy who really put the work in the offseason. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But that, what happens. And look what happened. Um, so we'll get into him in just a second more, you know, just again, but, um, let's wrap up the news segment, the really topic section of the show with the, who's doing the best right now. It's more, so who's doing the best at the half is now that we have the few off days here and we can kind of take a look at wherever everything lies. So the Yankees own the best record in the league at 64 and 28 while the Astros own the second best in the record in the American league at 59 and 32. They're just one shy of the 60 wins. Uh, the Dodgers own the best record in the national league. Uh, they are 60 and 30, so they do have the 60 wins, while the Mets are behind them for the second best record at 58 and 35. Worth noting, the Braves really caught up to the to the Mets. I believe the Mets had a big series against them too. One took two or three or something. They so were up ten and a half um, games going into June. And yeah, and the, the Braves June, just, it was two games. Yeah, the Braves just wouldn't stop. Lo- they wouldn't lose. Yeah, and, the, and you know, they got the reinforcements on the way. Right, we'll get into in a little while. So you know, um, just worth noting that that's going to be an exciting race that we weren't really sure about. You know, looking and the same thing could happen with the AL East with the Yankees. You also you know, the Phillies the, chugging along yeah. there, and the Marlins with their pitching at least they're <clears throat> staying in the hunt. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so those two, you know, and even the Dodgers, you know, with the Padres on their tail. You know, these guys, the, these teams have really good records, but all of a sudden things can change. You know, um, yeah, coming Central, there's only a game difference too. Yeah, so you got some races coming up here. It's worth noting, even for these teams that have really good records. I mean, 58 and 35 for the Mets. That's you know, for them, for the past seasons they've had, that's really, really good. Yeah. So the Yankees have the best run differential at the half at plus 199, while the Nationals have the worst at minus 149. Yeah, so, still surprised they have the worst. I know they really hit a, uh, you know, a skid, but, uh, you know, there's some teams out there like the Reds that if it wasn't for that recent kind of win streak and, and winningness they've had, they would be, they were down there. <laughs> or, if it wasn't for the bad, unbelievably bad first month, the Reds would be probably in the wildcard hunt. They'd be right there. Because they, their first month, they were like 2-25. and 25. Literally, yeah. They were just the worst. And now, what are they? If they take that off, <clears throat> they just even that out a little bit, they'd be about 500. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Because <clears throat> they could hit. That's the thing. Even it out. Don't even, you know, you don't have to give them a winning record. Just like, yeah. have them stay, yeah. you know, treading water. So. so Then some hot teams I got here. <clears throat> the Orioles have been hot. That was they had one, a long win streak. Good for them. The White Sox are back in the hunt. I think they're only three games out of the division. Um, Mariners, 14 in a row. Braves, red hot. Dodgers playing well. The Rockies, I believe, are 7-3 over their last 10. <clears throat> Some cold teams here. The Red Sox have been uh, pretty cold. I think they lost, what, 6-7? of seven? And they did not win a single series against the AL East opponent in the first mm-hmm. half. Never, They've never done that before. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, so that's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Especially they did play Baltimore quite a bit early before Baltimore really got a, a team kind of... That's it. You would have thought they, they would have, you know, you squeak out a series against the Orioles or yeah. against the Rays or Blue Jays. I mean, the Yankees, they, they split a series last week, so it's, you know, yeah, exactly. kind of weird. Yeah, strange. Um, some other cold teams. The Twins have been cold of late. Tigers, the Angels are terrible all the time. Nationals have been terrible. The Brewers, I believe, are 2-8 and eight over the last 10 or so. Yeah, not great. And the Cubs have been just not great at all. Yeah. They just got swept. Actually, no, they took one. A comeback win against the, the Mets there in a four-game series. Yeah, but uh, they've been not great. They're, no, I think they're they're uh, just about last, aren't they? Uh, if they are in last, I maybe they are. I think they're one and nine over the last ten or so. So uh, 
the mighty Cubs have fallen again out yep. there. Poor but, Cubbies. Uh, yeah, uh, that's some teams there I had on the hot and cold list. Yeah. To go along with that, we have our hot and cold players of the week, the who's hot and who's not. Speaking recently of Matt Carpenter, I don't have him on here. Um, he probably should be on here. I, I just didn't see him in the OPS. And uh, I usually sort it by OPS average and home runs to see who kind of really did the best. And I didn't see him up there, so I'm surprised. But he won AL Player of the Week, Matt Carpenter, which is pretty yeah. unbelievable. So I don't have him on here, but he's worth mentioning. Obviously, we just went into him a little bit. Yep. Has just been tattooing the ball, like just coming in like a beach ball for him. Uh, and for some of these other guys, the NL <laughs> the NL Player of the Week, Freddie Freeman, batted 632 over the last week with 1158 slugging and an 1810 OPS. And he just barely um, made the All-Star game as a reserve. Yeah, it's pretty just amazing. As a replacement. Just he, barely And made. even before that, this week, and I don't know if he had a good week last week, um, he was batting over 300. So I don't know what the problem was with him. In L.A., they also yeah, I don't they got, well, put as many Dodgers as you can in there, right? Yeah, I don't know what the problem was there. But, yeah, he had a very good week. He won NL Player of the Week. Uh, the second guy I have here uh, is Ahmed Rosario. Batted 478 over the last week with a 652 slugging and 1130 OPS. Uh, number three, Will Smith for the Dodgers. Batted 474 over the last week with an 842 slugging and a 1407 OPS. Number four, Austin Slater, batted 476 over the last week with a 571 slugging and a 1093 OPS. And number five, Adam Frazier, batted 455 over the last week with a 636 slugging and a 1094 OPS. So a lot of guys hitting the cover off the ball this week. And that's not even including Matt Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had some of those guys as well. Um, some other guys that got here, DJ LeMayhew looks to be back in his 330 prime uh, go of it. He's been... Red Hot laid up over 400, smacking the ball at right field. Yeah, um, that's what he does. <clears throat> but, yeah, he seems to be back after last year was down at the sports hernia. Started this year was a little uh, not terrible. He was in the 260s, but now he's up over 270, almost 280, and he just really seems to be locked in right now. Yeah. Um, Charlie Blackman has been having a good year. I think he's 290 on the year, or 280 on the year. He's another one, 400 over the last seven days or so. Mm-hmm. And Luis Robert, I know he didn't have a bunch of at-bats, but I believe he was 8 for 13 this past week. Yeah, he's red hot. Yeah. Um, I know he didn't have a bunch of at-bats, but 8 for 13 is something to note. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there's not that many at-bats. 8 for 13 is uh, a lot. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of hits. Pretty good. I mean, he can go, what, 0 for his next 11 and still be batting, what, 333. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, so I was going to throw that out there. Uh, some pitchers have been doing good. Dylan Cease, uh, I believe the all-star Dylan Cease, right? Uh, that's right. Um, Dylan Cease didn't make the All-Star game, even though he is one of the top guys in the Cy Young running. And mm-hmm. He just went seven shutout innings in a big division game for the White Sox. So uh, it's crazy to see. Uh, Kershaw almost, you know, flirt with perfection the other day. John Gray's been pitching great after his rash injuries to start the year. We have uh, Tristan McKenzie. We know how he gets. He gets on these hot streaks and he goes nuts. I believe he went eight shutout innings the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luis Castillo pitched against the Yankees, pitched great. Um, his showcases, you know, before he gets traded here. Um, but he's been really pitching great. Um, he's made the all-star team. And Scott Barlow, uh, the bullpen for the Royals, had a couple saves this last week. And he's really having a great year for Kansas City yeah, he as is. a reliever. Um, mm-hmm. Something to take a look for. Maybe the Royals trade him and probably get uh, pretty good value back because relief pitchers at the deadline is like gold. Yeah, absolutely. For a team like that, that's not they have no horse in the race. So it's like, well, hey, get some value for this guy. You know? Yeah, teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Mets, those really high teams have a bunch of wins. Astros, who we always need bullpen guys, they are will definitely be willing to dump out some prospects to go get a relief pitcher. So Royals might be sitting pretty there with that guy like Whit Merrifield, too, to be traded. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's definitely some guys there that are worth looking at. So let's move on to the cold hitters of the week, uh, the not players of the week. So number one, I have Kyle Schwarber, ironically, in the home run derby, not batting not very good, uh, which could contribute to Frank's theory that Pujols will beat him. Uh, batted 048 over the last week with a 190 slugging and a 238 OPS. So coming into the break, ice cold. So it seems like he could use the break. So uh, let's not use this him as an excuse after the break. The home run derby ruined the swing. Because yeah. we'll remember this week. Yeah, it can't be any worse. So unless he comes out of an all-star break and he has a .047 average, the home run derby don't need to help him. It's true. And it, Soto even said last year the home run derby helped him. That's why he was back in this year. Yeah. So it's just some notes there. We went on the whole thing last year about it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't bat much worse than that. No. Uh, you know, unless you just go over. Unless you so. don't bat. Yeah, that's, yeah. So uh, another guy in the all-star game, not in the home run derby, but Wilson Contreras batted 095 over the last week with an 095 slugging and a 190 OPS. Another guy that could definitely use the break. Number three, I have AJ Pollock, zero average, zero slugging and an 048 OPS. Not great. Over last week, he went over his last 20. So he needed, you know, he needed the break uh, very much. Uh, number four, Brian De La Cruz batted 053 over the last week with an 053 slugging and a 148 OPS. And number five, Jake Myers, 053 average, 053 slugging, and a 235 OPS. So these guys not hitting good, all of them under 100 for the last week, specifically A.J. Pollock over his last 20. Um, these guys definitely needed, you know, a break, a day, well, really three days off for some of these guys where we can just kind of, you know, they take the three days off, come back fresh, start off the second half maybe hot. You never know. Yeah. So they definitely needed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got some guys here. As well, they've been cold. Uh, Carl Santana has been cold. Patrick Wisdom. These guys haven't been overly cold. You know, at least a little over 100. So it's not like, uh, you know, going absolutely nuts. Ruining, uh, you know, a month's worth of good hitting when you're batting under .05. You know, you kind of wasted a lot of it. Right. These guys are batting in the hundreds. But again, Carl Santana, Patrick Wisdom, Frenchie Cordero, I think was 0 for 13. So maybe he was no good. Um, Kyle Tucker and uh, Pete Alonzo. Yeah. Cold of late as well. Um, some pitchers, Josh Hader, absolutely ice cold, absolutely ripped apart two, two appearances in a row. Get four yeah. runs, right? Mm-hmm. Four runs without getting an out the other day. Something like that, and then yeah. then he gave one out and got two runs the other day. Give, I think he pitched one out this past week and six earned runs. That's, yeah. That'll um, that'll up the ERA a little yeah, bit. Yeah, And he's been a little giving up some runs of, before that, too. So his ERA is, I think, in the high twos at this point after he didn't give one run in, like, 30-something innings. So. Yeah. That's uh, how fast it changes. Mm-hmm. Sonny Gray got beat up. Lanson's been terrible since he got off the IL. Yep. Um, Zach Wheeler got beat up. His last start there, right? It was, it was like six or seven runs. I mean, he had him, so. Yeah, it was like six runs he gave up very still early. He gave up like four or five innings, though, right? He still gave him four innings yeah. or so, yeah. So he, he ate a little bit. You know? him for that. And Strider for the Braves. As good as he's been, he got beat up yesterday. Uh, yeah. He gave up five or six runs there um, in a couple innings. Yeah, um, and he's been good. Yeah, he's been unbelievably good. Big mustache as well. Uh, so there's some pitchers, you know, I have uh, here on the cold list over the last seven, ten days. Yeah, there's some big names on there too. You know, that's always uh, a little bit weird when you see the bigger names that you're kind of like, like even Alonzo, yeah. uh, where you're like, wait a minute, isn't you know, doesn't he have like 60 RBIs? <laughs> like, yeah. what, how's that <laughs> happen? That's record, I believe. Most RBIs before the All Star break. Doesn't, no, he actually has like. Doesn't he have almost seventy or seventy? Doesn't he broke the record? I think it's seventy five. Yeah, that's like that's insane. Which yeah. is like you know. If, never forget Darren Erstad. I think he had ninety six, yeah. ninety four at the All Star break, and mm-hmm. then Julio. Uh, uh, I know who you're thinking of the Rangers. Juan um, Gonzalez. Yeah. What do you have? He had a hundred. He had a hundred. Hundred two. Or something like that. Yeah, he had a hundred at the All Star break. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. 
<laughs> like, how do you not break the record at that point? You're just going hey, nuts. Yeah, you get an RBI every once in a while. You have 130 of them. Yeah, know? what the hell? Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, the next part here, i got some injury news. Um, not too terrible on the injury side, um, which is good. Harold Ramirez, though, they hit by a pitch, broke his thumb. Uh, he's been having a good year at the Rays, so that's not great. Chris Sale, thanks for coming back. He, yesterday, got drilled 106.5 miles per hour line drive off the pinky. Uh, thing was going every which way but straight. Held his hand up, walked off the field, said, bye, done, down yeah. the tunnel. You can uh, see it. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> yeah. It was everywhere but straight. It was like a gummy worm on the end of his hand, you know. Yeah. Um, what a shame. He can't seem to be good. He had some velocity back this year, too, but... Uh, he will be out at least four to six weeks. He said he will be pit- back pitching this year, but we'll see. Um, but that's a shame. So, Reno plays in the I.O. with the shoulder discomfort. We'll see how long that lasts. I would say you're probably not going to see him for at least a month. Mm-hmm. Just shoulders, you know, pitcher, take your time with him. Yep. Uh, Savili plays on the I.L. for Cleveland. <clears throat> Trout plays on the I.L. He should not going to miss much time at all because <clears throat> he already retrospected back some days and it also breaks. He won't miss much time. No. Shane Baz shut down for a while. Elbow troubles with the race. Sean Doolittle, done for the season. That's a trade piece that the Nationals could have had, but he's done. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Carlos Rodon dealing with some blister issues with his hand. He's not going to pitch, but he should be fine, but something to note. Mm-hmm. And we have, I think that's pretty much it. Um, oh, and we have Brandon Crawford, I believe, was placed on the IL or, no, he got a cortisone shot in his knee. That's what okay. it was. Um, so the hope is he should be fine, but, you know. He's kind of on the fence right now about coming back or whatnot. Right. Um, on the good side of things, we have Rich Hill, I believe, is in a rehab assignment. Domingo Herman should be back with the Yankees here shortly after the break. Uh, Jonathan Loisica was activated for the Yankees. Chris Archer activated. Jordan Alvarez was supposed to be swinging and hitting, I think, today or tomorrow. So he should be activated for the Astros shortly after the break. Mm-hmm. Kirby Yates for the Braves is doing his rehab assignment. He should be back soon. Yeah, that could be big. The Braves also have Soroka. Right, yeah. Is on the verge of coming back as well for the first time in a while. That's going to be yeah, good for them. Yeah, I forgot, Kirby Yates, <laughs> I forgot about it. Kirby Yates and Soroka come back, and we all know the Braves are linked to Jock Peterson getting traded back there. Oh. So we've seen that last year. Oh, my goodness. Eddie Rosario was activated recently. So the Braves mm. are all kind of rolling together. Ozzie Halsby is expected to be back in the middle of August. Yeah, you get the, the team back together, get you ready get for a playoff guys, run. Yeah, you get some of those guys back, and then you have Cunha added on to what he had last year. Ugh. Strider, yeah. this Strider guy is nuts. Could so. be very much ruckus. Yeah, the Braves <laughs> are just, and they had nothing to lose with the Mets being up so big. You kind of chase it, even though you're the World Series last year. But even the World yeah. Series the year before, the next year they don't expect much out of you. The Mets were up so big, now they're chasing. It just seems like they've got nothing to lose. Right. So, and then we know the Mets. So, yeah. that's something to take a look at. Um, Jesus Lazardo was uh, started started his rehab. Of course, his first rehab assignment game got uh, rained out, but he should be back here soon. DeGrom on the verge of coming back. Steven Matz activated for the Cardinals. That should help them a bit. Yadier Molina is expected back early August. That's going to be the key for the Cardinals as well as the deadline. And getting some of the other guys healthy. Profar, after his collision, was activated from the IL. He's back with the Padres. Yeah. And Tatis got good news. The doctors told him he could start swinging. Um, but he is a bit delayed. I would say the expectation about the All-Star break, we're kind of past that. You're probably not going to see him until the end of July, maybe early August at this point. Right. Uh, but the Padres have held off long enough for that. So that's pretty much it. Injury news. Um, so relatively not a bad list. Yeah, no, not too bad at all. Uh, again, you know, it's, uh, you know, we are at the point in the season where even if you get something that uh, is a relatively, you know, big injury could put you out for the rest of the season. Like look at Chris Sale. He says, you know, the timeline is four to six weeks, but that's that's pushing it. 
for you know any setback really can can all, he, all of a sudden now it's just playoffs. Yeah, and he wasn't built up that much already either. So then it's kind of you know restart that. You know. Yeah, he's just been at a lot of string of uh, string of unluck since uh, yeah, since COVID yeah. started. But his elbow um, does feel good. His shoulder does feel good. And he had velocity up to ninety seven miles per hour. So. And he wants to be back. We see him baggage, breaking stuff in the AAA, yeah. you know, dugouts. So, I think we'll see him back. And that was more of an injury. That was more than an injury for Chris Sale. That was, uh, you know, heartbreaking. But also, you know, that was a, almost a knockout blow there for the Red Sox. I was just going to say, that's big for the Red Sox. Because cause... you just got a Valdi back. You just got, um, uh, you got the other the bullpen pitcher back. I'm not sure which Garrett one. Whitlock. Okay, Whitlock, yeah. Um, Rich Hill's on the mend coming back. You know, he's not bad. You had Sale back. Mm-hmm. All you, all you, you know, you had a bat to deadline, maybe a pitcher to deadline, and, and, you know. And you're right in the thick of it. Yeah, you could be a little you know? scary, but now you lose the ace. Sale's the ace. Mm-hmm. He didn't sell last year, pitch good. You get him down the stretch. Him, one of Evaldi, too. And then maybe add a pitcher, a bullpen guy, or Matt Barnes rounds in the shape, and then you get a, a bat. All of a sudden, you know, you're relatively hard to beat. Yeah. But that was, that was you know, a double blow there. That hurt. Other than that, you know, the last thing I got here is a trivia question. Again, All-Star Game, you know, is here, so wanted to keep it around that. What year was the, what year was the All-Star Game first nationally televised? And the answer is, it was July 11th of 1950, believe it or not, at Comiskey Park in Chicago. It was also the first extra inning all-Star Game. And to go along with that, Ted Williams, in the first inning, chasing a Ralph Kiner fly ball, uh, ran into the wall, broke his elbow in the first inning, uh, physically, you know, visibly hurt and in pain, stayed in the game, ended up going one for four, ended up getting surgery after that and not coming back till September, so another All-Star Game injury, right? And don't come back till September. That's, at the time, killer for the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, he noted after that injury, though, he was never quite the same player after that elbow injury. So, but yeah, that's all from that Ulster game, the first televised one. So they had a good one, I guess. There's a lot yeah. going on. Ralph Kiner, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, you had big name players, too. But uh, first nationally televised Ulster game was July 11th of 1950. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think it was At that Comiskey late. Park, too, Chicago, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, the White Sox and his Comiskey and, you know, those owners and partnership groups, they always were in the thick of. A ruckus. Yeah, scandal. You know, small and... guy, scandals, you know, the disco night, the, mm-hmm. the shorts, the, yeah, always in the, in the headlines. So of course, he had the, the one there. Of course the, he did. The nationally televised one, yeah. Yeah. That's just how it went back then. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think it would be as late as 1950, because there are um, recordings, obviously, of early 40s play between with Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. So I would have thought it would have taken, you know, if the All-Star game started in 35, I'm not sure if that was the exact year, but in the 30s. Um, you would have thought it would take five, six, seven years before it's televised to at least, you know, even if, uh, you know, there were a limited number of households with TVs, you'd think that it'd still, there'd be an option for television. Um, so I'm just, 1950 is a little surprised. I thought it was a little later than, than I would have expected, but, um, nonetheless, it's, it's, this is, I guess the 70, 72nd year of a televised, nationally all, televised, nationally televised all-star game. So, yeah. um, pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, you could maybe have the war could have played an effect into the forties. Yeah, probably. Actually, yeah, you're probably right. I could have maybe slowed probably down. Pushed things you're back. Probably talking maybe forty five without the war somewhere in there. But with the war, that could have definitely slowed things down. I mean, who knows the All Star Game stuff like that. So that could have slowed things down. Yeah, um, you're probably right. But uh, yeah, it was a little surprising. It was that late. But uh, 
yeah, nonetheless, that was it, and it was a memorable one with lots of noteworthy things happening. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that happened to Ted Williams. I I wasn't uh, too sure either of his injury past, but I seen a thing about it, looked it up, and then I seen the quote saying that he was not quite, never felt really felt quite the same after that elbow injury. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say this is more later part of his career too in the 50, because I believe he was what, ended in the 30s through the 40s and the wars and then the 50s. I mean, he did play a long time. Don't get me wrong. He's done yeah. some years after this, but mm. this was more, you know, back half of his career. I would say that the, the elbow injury was not the reason why maybe his stats aren't as high as much as missing four years with the war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just didn't know that that, that happened to him. But yeah, obviously missing the war hurt his stats a little bit. A lot of guys that happened you know, to, they Bob were in Keller the... Was, was a key one there. Yeah. Look at his stats. He was pitching out of high school. He was in high school and then pitching. Yeah. He struck 14 guys out, 16 guys out. It's Bob insane. Not saying going to him. But, I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got. You know, we're at the time with the trade deadline and the All-Star game, right? It's exciting. We already seen Soto's name thrown about and the expectation he was going to get dealt before the deadline. So that's. I know. League changing. With uh, reported by OB, at least ranking by OB.com, I should say. Cardinals are the number one suitor. Oh, well, they have potentially for Juan Soto. And so talent right now. They could yeah. trade Bader. They could trade O'Neill. They could trade Joan Carlson. They could trade, and then you get the prospects: Mason Wynn. You got Matthew Liebertor, uh Noah Gorman. I know. I mean, they, they got, got they got guys. You they could do it at the wazoo that they can go trade, and they need them. They need some offense. Uh, and it'll be better for the Nationals too, because think about how many prospects you get for Juan Soto. And and will be ready prospects. Yeah, most of them at this point. Uh, Padres yeah. are involved. I know both New York teams. Yeah, they're checking in, Yankees, of course. Th- I mean, this could be groundbreaking. We could, I mean, if you're the Yankees, if you're not signing Judge, it wouldn't be a bad idea to say no. Judge for Soto. And and I even know I don't care about this year because I'll take Soto for 15 years of that. Right, literally. So not, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying maybe that's what they should do. But if you're not signing Judge back, I trade Judge for Soto. Right I, don't, now. I don't think many New York fans would. I mean, there'd be at least be understanding there. You know. I'd rather have 15 years of Soto and 15 chances at the World Series and maybe this one chance with Judge. Right, exactly. So, uh, the we'll Mets see. are involved in it. Um, I mean, the Braves still have a big prospect pool, right? Maybe they could they, they would could jump in above that. They could use an outfielder. Yeah. But that's in the division. Would you be surprised the Marlins mm-hmm. gave up the farm to get Juan Soto? You never know. Uh, would Pittsburgh make one big trade mm. on the verge of being good and you get him... And Brian Reynolds mm. and O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Oh, man. And then I see that Look would be out. exciting. There's some teams out there. Uh, White Sox, would they go nuts? I don't know what they have left. Mm-hmm. Boston, I don't think, has enough left. Would the Orioles get involved? They use Jackson Holiday, like, here you go. First pick, and, and you get Juan Soto. Yeah. That would be exciting. Him in Baltimore. You got it. If you're a team, he you got to at least right check in. in. Baltimore. Yeah. He doesn't have to go far, right? Up right at the highway. Yeah. Um, Beltway. There's, there's some teams out there that can really, really makes this exciting, right? The Angels are obviously just terrible, so they're not going to be involved in that. <laughs> or if they do, it'll just be some weird trade. Where It'll they be just, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Waste of time, yeah. The Brewers don't have nothing to trade. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of teams. I mean, obviously every team wants a guy like that, but there's some a lot of teams that could really get involved in it. There's yeah. The Dodgers could be in our oh teams and the Angels, but the Angels, I, no. Yeah. They don't have nothing to give, and they're terrible. Plus, yeah. you can give Trout. I don't know if that's a bad trade. Right. Here's Trout, 31 years old, can't stay healthy. I'll take Juan Soto for, for now. <laughs> I don't know, you know, if it happens there, but you never know. I I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these small teams go. Here, it has everything. Yeah, because we have the prospects, so we have it. Yeah, and then you get 
plus there's another Pittsburgh would be would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be something else. Would Detroit get, that... get involved with all the pitching they have? I wouldn't be surprised. And you match him with Miggy at the end of his career, mm-hmm. but then you have Javier Baez, seems to fit Juan Soto would kind of fit right there like that, right? Yeah. Riley Green is out there. Um, all of a sudden you got a little bit of an interesting team there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and they have pitching prospects nuts out there in Detroit. I know, I know. So, and the fellas, so they've they've got pieces. That's got a lot pieces. of teams that have pieces that are those lower more lowly yeah, teams. Or on the verge of coming up, or you have the teams that are here and ready to win now, and then you add a guy like that. The yeah. Yankees trade for a guy like Juan Soto without giving up Judge mm-hmm. or without giving up some of the guys in the MLB right now because you doubt they're giving up maybe Gallo and Duhar, guys like that, and then a bunch of prospects. I mean, then you keep a team that's already got 60-something wins, yeah. and then you add Soto, who's just getting hot. It's... Oh, you're the Mets, you get Soto in the middle of you because they need a hit or bad. Mm-hmm. They don't score many runs. The Dodgers, you know, enough for watching them. Cardinals would be huge. You got Goldsmith and Arenado going absolutely berserk this year. And then you add Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. And possibly you keep Tyler O'Neill, you keep Carlson, Bader, whatever. Edmonds going nuts. I know. You get Yachty back. They maybe add a pitcher, right? They can get into Castillo, Frankie Montas. <laughs> you get into just Juan Soto is league changing. Yeah. The topic in itself. But then you imagine you get to the Braves, you get Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Juan Soto with the Braves. You know, that's... that's <laughs> An interdivision trade would be insane, I think. Braves or Mets or anything like that, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be crazy. But if there's teams that could do it, I think the Marlins would be able to pull off in division just because they're going to be like, here's everyone. Right. And they're not far from... You get Sandy Alcantara, you're in the hunt, right? Get some pitching. You get a guy like Juan Soto, matching with Jorge Soler, Jesus Aguilar, Jazz Chazome. All of a sudden, there's a real... There's something brewing there, you yeah. know? And then next year you get the money, you sign them, then you get some other free agents, right? Mm-hmm. They, then they sign DeGrom next year, right? You know, Marlins, you add oh, to your pitching. My goodness. You go get a hitter, boom. Marlins wow. are stanked up something fierce out there in Miami. For sure. So For sure. We can go into this all the time, but that's that's pretty much all I got. Home run derby's coming on soon. You also have games here. Celebrity softball game. There's a lot going on. Yankees old-timers day coming up. The Mets old-timers day is coming up. The National Collectibles... Convention down in Atlantic City mm-hmm. coming up. So there's a lot of things going on here in sports in our area as well that we're excited to see. So um, this is the time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I got for this episode. I'm, you know, on top of the Juan Soto stuff, there's really not much else to talk about. By the time this goes live, I hope you're enjoying your day of no sports because this will go up on Wednesday. So you'll have nothing really in the sports world to be looking forward to or looking at currently. Yeah. But trade deadline. Right behind that, so gonna have a lot of uh, the hot stove's gonna be hot. So especially um, with that news, I know. Yeah, that's big. I thought I didn't think that's uh, the biggest. That could be the biggest guy traded in years. What a rod? Something like that. Yeah, it's got to be close. You know, he's what twenty four, twenty five, yeah, and he I and mean, he's got all the know. talent. Ken Griffey, I don't even know if he was traded there since I he was signed there, right? Uh, yeah, I think he signed. I don't think he got I traded. A rod, probably a rod. Probably the next biggest guy. You or know. whatever you want to consider that Boston Dodgers get rid of money. Yeah, that was a blockbuster. That was pretty humongous just because it literally just ruined yeah. or unruined a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. After the deadline, it was nuts. Right. Maybe Verlander. Maybe. To the Astros. But still, Juan Soto's just, as a young guy, just such a, a game changer for a franchise. Yeah. You know, so. So we'll see. We'll see what the trade deadline brings. But uh, like I said, that's all I got for this week. Um, unless you have any final notes, I guess we can just go watch the Home Run Derby. Yeah, that's it. Home Run Derby's here. It's exciting. I'm going to go watch that. And then the trade deadline, the All-Star game. A lot coming on. So next week should be a good episode to really get us. I mean, we're only 
three weeks away from the deadline. So next week we're already going to have some trades and stuff. Nope. So it's going to be exciting time. We're going to have two sheets of notes here talking about trades and this guy here, this guy here. That's what this changes. This is what this does. This team's now a hunt. This team's falling apart. You know, nope. we go toe to toe what happens. And then, you know, guys come back from injury. Just like, like, I like adding a guy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like trading for a guy when you got a big piece back from injury. It's mm-hmm. like trading for him, but you didn't have to trade for him. So you got those guys coming back as well. So we're here. Baseball's going nuts. This is their time to shine. All-Star Games back. It's in L.A. Yep. That's it. Baseball couldn't be more happier about what's going on right now around its sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially so, after the off-seasons, last two off-seasons. Oh, my God. I know they need it. So, and viewership's up, so... You know, they're, I'm sure they're happy campers up in MLB, the MLB brass, so. But, yeah, so uh, that's all I got. So, I guess we can wrap this one that's up and go it, watch yeah. Home Run Derby. Yep, that's it. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaprie. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaprie. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.